his memory's never been good. Even as a kid, his mother, always a charmer, said he was out to bloody lunch. And bender after bender has put paid to what there was. But he does remember this. The first time he saw her, she looked right at him. She was wearing a battered cowboy hat, tilted back, down at the Cooper's arms. Back in the days when the pubs were full of smoke. Through the haze, her smile was wide and white. She was tall, a head above her girlfriends, and they were laughing with her, at the boys, at him. She was waving a rollie as she spoke. He's short and wiry. His hair is long and dark and matted, his eyes dead cheeky. He's got a cocky walk. He plays the drums in bands all over town, and all over town the girls want to bed him though they can't work out why. He's so freaking wild, they say. Jeez, he could do with a bar. He's Danny, slugging whiskey from a hip flask. Better to get in a freebie before the pub gets hold of his wallet. If I had a boat, I'd go out on the ocean. And if I had a pony, I'd ride on my boat. If we could all go out on the ocean. So often it comes back to him. How Lara marched over and asked if he wanted to buy her a drink. And yes, thanks. Bourbon and Coke, if you don't mind. All of 21. And he was 40. But what the hell? Her blonde hair, her hat, the chopped-up cowboy boots made him think of an American prairie. Something with grass, long and yellow. The pub disappeared. And in his head, they were heading bush. Down dirty old King Street, Newtown, in the clapped-out HQ. And straight along the highway, due west. They've talked a lot about that trip ever since. He's not been over the mountains, but Lara has. And she tells him all about the funny old-fashioned towns some with their heritage worn up front and proud, others with woolies, square ugly as sin, taking centre stage. And beyond the towns, nothing. Roads straighter than tongs can make my hair, she says, always taking the piss. Right now, they're going nowhere much at all, striding down busy Urco Road to the Cooper's Arms, now their second home, and it feels fine. Next to Danny, his girl is a good foot taller. She makes no concession to his height and wears those same high-heeled, worn-out boots, same hat slung low to shut out the afternoon sun. Her gorgeous breasts are worn up high and her tops cut low, and all eyes are drawn to that fantastic cleavage. She knows it, grins at a mesmerised kid wandering by and reaches for the hip flask. They're totally in love, right? Soon to be married. 
up the central coast in a bush camp where the booze will surely flow. It's gonna be massive. Since that first night, they've yet to actually head out west. There's always a reason. Danny's lost his licence, or he's got it back in the HQ's in the shop. And anyway, the rent's gone up, and someone pinched the savings from the jar and blew it all on a load of speed one night at a party. That was a good one though, eh? When they've been at the pub five hours and it's nearly closing, and they've drunk all the whiskey in the flask and she's scored quite a few drinks from fellas willing to take their chances. They start talking about that boat they always see when they've gone visiting the commercial hotel in Balmain. Tied up by the water, hasn't moved for ages. It's just a tinny, but it's got a bit of personality. The metal is dulled by salt and the little wooden seats are worn. (laughs) Danny and Lara start to pace through the back streets from Newtown meandering to the west feet just going there they murmur about how wide and black the water is with all those lights flicking like glowworms on the surface how the boat just sits there and it's got to be a waste leaving a boat like that for months and months Maybe the owners have forgotten it or upscaled and left it there to rot. And anyway, it'd be romantic out there, wouldn't it? The roar of the city softened, all mixed in with the lap of little waves up against the bow. Just an hour or two of strolling, sometimes tripping in the dark, head spinning with the booze but his arm always circling her waist, and they've arrived. She whispers that making love on the water could be something else. The boat rocking and holding them. And if they only looked upwards and didn't see the city skyline, it could be like being under a prairie night sky. He can hear the sweet smile in her voice. Much more of it and he's down on his knees, fingers unpicking the knots, the rope fraying to set the boat free. For sure it's meant to be. The oars, miraculously, are still lying in the bilge at the bottom of the boat. Half rotten, but they'll do the trick. Danny and Lara start to row. He reckons they can head around the point to Glebe. Maybe make it up the canal and stash the boat a little closer to home. Hide it somewhere in the muddy reeds, where no one's going to think about it too much. They get right out into the black velvet of the harbour. They can feel how cold the water is through the bottom of the boat, and they'd shiver, but the rowing has made them warm and the alcohol numb. The lights of a train slide over that big old bridge like a dream. Most of the boats are moored now in the pre-dawn dark, and even the city hum has hushed. Danny is singing softly to himself, a little Steve Earle number he heard at the pub that night. For several moments he doesn't realise she's gone, doesn't hear her silent splash above the rhythm of his rowing. 
doesn't hear her call out, swearing at him. The current slipping just below the surface has swung her away faster than either of them could have imagined. But the boat feels lighter in the water, and he turns to her to smile and sing a little louder, and she's just not there. Geez, Lara! He stands up in the boat, which rocks suddenly with his movement. He falls back to his seat, eyes straining in the dark. He can hear her calling distantly, but the water is playing tricks with the sound and he can't tell where her voice is coming from. Then he spots her hat, sinking back behind him towards the bridge, and beyond the hat, a disturbance in the water. White blonde hair, wet and gleaming, her sweet mouth not smiling, but gasping in the cold. The effects of the booze vanish with a flood of adrenaline and he's rowing fast. The hat bobs forgotten and he makes it to her just as she starts to sob. He wrenches her into the tinny, flicks off his coat and flings it round her shoulders. After that, after they make it home with the last dollars in his wallet spent on a cab, and after the events become a story to be told down the pub with a whole lot of laughter and a whole lot more bourbon, he always holds her tight and close. They stop talking about the prairie and heading west. Somehow it doesn't seem to matter anymore. And anyway, they like the feeling of the buildings around them the solid bricks within arm's length, the bitumen covering the soil. <laughs>